Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Overcoming means you make it through, you make it over, you win, you triumph. Boy, that's a sure a lot better than being overcome, being a victor instead of a victim. You want to decide right now that you're not a victim, you're a victor. Amen. And that's not based on what you've, what you've had happen to you or what your past and present experience is. It's a choice about your future because you... You can't control everything that has happened around you, and especially in ignorance and even growing up and all those kind of things, even some things that happened to you. But uh, you are in control and can be and should be of what's inside you, how you believe, how you see things, and that makes all the difference in what kind of life that you have. Make this confession with me. Say it out loud. I am, I am a, child of God. a child of God. That makes me, that makes me an, overcomer. an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. Through him who loves me. Greater is he, greater is he who lives in me, lives than, in me than he that's in the world, in the world against me. Against if God is for me, who can be against me? <laughs> That's a bit of attitude there, right? You're like, who? Uh-uh. No, you can't. Not here. The Bible said, resist the devil, and what will happen? He has to leave. He has no choice. Why? Because he can't do anything with the greater one who's inside you. And when you're yielding to him, he has no choice, yielding to the Spirit of God, the enemy has no choice but to flee. Get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come on into the classroom with us. Let's agree together in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for all the prayers you have already answered. Uh, you have sustained us, you have kept us uh, all our life until this present hour, elsewise we would have perished long ago. And you have got us this far, you'll get us the rest of the way. We thank you, Lord, for enabling us to find and follow and finish our course and race for you. We yield ourselves to your spirit. We say, teach us, Lord. Give us answers. Show us. Uh, un unfold and unveil. Reveal to us your wonderful word because your truth makes us free. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look, please, in Hebrews, the third chapter again, Hebrews 3, we begun a, a new, we began a new series uh, yesterday's class, 
And our passage is right here in Hebrews 3, beginning in verse 7, where he says, As the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and I said, They do always err in their heart, and they've not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. If you were with us in previous weeks, we were, we were looking at that. Back in Numbers, the uh, 13th chapter and 14th chapter, Deuteronomy, the first chapter, about how that the God's first covenant people that he brought out of Egyptian bondage, when it came time for them to go into the promised land, they failed miserably in trusting God. They angered God. They provoked Him. They had every reason to believe what they had seen, what they had experienced, and yet, not just that one time or twice, but it gets to the point in Numbers 14 where, he, where the Lord said, these ten times, the, I'm, I'm paraphrasing now, they've chosen not to believe me. They, they provoked Him. And so it wasn't just one or tw- once or twice. It was over and over and over again when it would come time where they should listen to him, believe him, trust him, obey him. They did the opposite. They refused to believe. They rejected what he said. They refused to obey. And this cost them dearly. It cost them God's plan for their life. His plan was the promised land, Canaan land, land that flows with milk and honey. Man, if you read Deuteronomy 6 and 8 and different places, he describes it. He said, vineyards you didn't plant, (laughs) orchards you didn't plant, houses you didn't build, wells you didn't dig. What? You're just going to take your clothes and move in. <laughs> and you are going to be set, set for life in a beautiful place, in a rich place, experiencing the goodness of God your entire life long. And instead of that, they wound up wandering around in a desolate desert wilderness where life was bleak and hard. And subsisting and surviving was the best you could hope for. And dying young, dying hard, dying wrong. Now see, these things are more than history. Class, are y'all with me? Why are we reading about them in Hebrews? New Testament. And a whole half a chapter is devoted to it in 1 Corinthians 10 and, and other places. That's, that's why we're looking at it right now. Why talk about this? Because even though our covenant has changed, God hadn't changed. He never changes. Perfection doesn't need to change. <laughs> if it could be improved, it wasn't perfect. Right? And God is perfect. His word is perfect. His ways are perfect. And um, so they, they forfeited. That's what this passage is talking about. 
if you skip down to the, uh, the 19th verse, well, 17, with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swore he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So, the, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Why are we talking about that? What does Canaan's land represent? What does the wilderness represent? Are there some of God's people who are not enjoying life, who are experiencing a bleak subsistence, dry, dry, dry in every way, hard, hard life, and, and the result of that, not making it to a full age, dying younger, dying wrong. And yet, you'll hear people and preachers say, well, that, that was God's plan for them. We, we don't understand it, but that was the wilderness God's plan for those people? It was not. It was not. Unless you're going to say that their refusal to believe was God's plan. Right? Because that's what resulted in the, the wilderness experience. People say, well, yeah, see, that's what you don't understand. God's in control of everything. So, yeah, uh, he, he predestined them to doubt him. Really? Then they didn't have a chance. <laughs> Is that right? I mean, it would have been better if they had never been born. Because they, they did not have a shot. How can God be fair? Right? In being put out with them, being angry with them, and then telling them, no, you're not going to get in. If it was his mysterious sly will for them to do it to begin with, then you, how can we understand him? How can we trust him if all these ulterior motives are going on that we don't even know anything about? These are lies of the enemy. God is not that way. He's not making it impossible for us to understand Him or please Him. He means what He says. And He says what He means. Right? And if He says do this, He expects you to do that. Right? And He'll be pleased when you do. And if He's displeased with something, it's because you could have done the right thing if you would have. And we see they could not enter in. Why? Not because it was not God's will for them. And here's something else you need to see. This is talking about what we studied in previous weeks. When they went into the promised land, the spies did, and they came back out. Uh, two of them, Joshua and Caleb, brought a good report. They said, oh, it's beautiful. Oh, man, look at the grapes. <laughs> Let's go. It's time to go get our promised land. But 10 out of the 12, the majority said, are you crazy? There are giants there. There are walled city, walls up to heaven. And we find out later, you know, that they had uh, uh, what would be the latest technology in warfare, like iron chariots and metals, metallurgy, that in that day was, you know, advanced. And so what they're saying is we can't go in because of the giants, the walls, the armies, the weapons. 
But was that what kept them out? Class, are you all awake? What kept them out? Their, their lack of military ability? <laughs> their lack of training? Huh? Their antiquated weapons? <laughs> huh? The advanced weapons of the Canaanites? The impenetrable walls? The big warriors? That's not what kept them out. Tell me what kept them out. Come on, verse 19. They could not enter in because of what? It was unbelief that kept them out of the blessings of God. Wonder if that's true today. I said, wonder if that's true. I don't have to wonder. Huh? See, why am I talking about it? Well, he, he had said, if you back up in the previous verse 12, verse 11, when he had said, they'll not enter into my rest, then he turns from talking about what happened to them to us. In verse 12, where he says, take heed, brethren. Well, are you a brethren? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sister and a brethren, too. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you, any of you, just like them, an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. He's saying the same thing could happen to you. Now you hear people say, well, ah, Brother Keith, that's, that's Old Testament. No, Hebrews is New Testament. <laughs> now we're under grace now, Brother Keith. Yeah, I, I've read that, I know. But grace is inseparable from faith. What grace has given and provided faith must lay hold of. And our covenant is different in that we're not made righteous by keeping the law. Uh, we're made righteous by nothing we did, by what Jesus has done. And righteousness is a free gift. Hallelujah. That's grace. But that doesn't mean that everything that God has given you that is typified by the uh, Canaan's land would just automatically fall on you and you enjoy it if you doubt and if you refuse to trust and if you refuse to obey and follow him. Faith works the same today as it did then, which is why in Hebrews and 1 Corinthians, he's talking about Numbers and Deuteronomy and why in Galatians he's talking about Genesis with Abraham. Why is the New Testament full of this? Because the just shall live by faith. Always. <laughs> Always. That never changes. Past this life, everything you're learning about faith, including faith school, you're taking with you, child of God. I said, you're taking with you every bit of the faith you develop in this life, you carry into the next life, you're going to use it. You're going to use it in everything. Why? God was a faith God before you ever got here. He was a faith God before there was an earth. He functioned by faith. He operates by faith. And you and I are faith children of a faith God. And faith is victorious. Faith is creative. Faith is life and miracle imparting and giving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you and I are a part of this faith life bunch. 
Glory to God. This, this faith life family. Glory to God. Sure beats being a, a griper and a complainer, belly aker, naysayer, right? Depressed, defeated one. And if you've been on that side, well, aren't you glad you find out another way to go? You can hook up with us. Living by faith doesn't mean you never have any challenges. It means you win. It means you overcome. It means you never throw up your hands and quit. You always keep looking to God, keep trusting to God. And the scripture said, he always causes you to triumph. Say that out loud. He always causes me to triumph. He always causes me to overcome. He always causes me to win. You ever get tired of winning? Me either. What do we do? We, we win and then we win and then if we encounter something that's tougher than we've ever seen before, well, we dig in and hold our ground and we win again. And then if something comes that we've never heard of before, well, we stand and having done all to stand, we believe and expect and we win, win again because he always causes us to triumph, causes us to win. Uh, that, that's what we studied in our last study, that being a child of God means you are an overcomer. Amen. That's who you are. That's your spiritual DNA, your spiritual makeup. I mean, every cell of your being is saying, winner, 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 winner. You're a winner? Yeah, I'm a winner. You're a winner? Too? Yeah, we're all winners here. Now, that's not the case. If you're an unbeliever, you might say, well, I, if I want to be, I can be. Not really, not ultimately. If you reject God, you cannot escape the fear. There, there is no deliverance and cure from the fear of death, from the fear and, uh, of emptiness and hopelessness without God. Without God, you are not a winner. I don't care if you made the most money in your generation, and you had your picture on all the magazines, and you're here for this long, and you'll soon be facing death. And even if you got all the money in the world, that doesn't make you a good person. It doesn't make you a happy person. It won't give you joy. It won't give you peace. It won't give you love. You cannot be fulfilled. You cannot have fullness of joy and fullness of peace. You cannot be secure without fear facing death and eternity except in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, class, don't it make you glad to know him? I mean, whoo. And if you say, well, I, I don't know him, you get this opportunity right here, right now. Everybody said out loud, Father God. Father God. I believe in you. I make the choice to believe in you and in your son Jesus. I believe he came to the cross. He died on the cross. He paid the price for all my sins, all my failures. He was judged and condemned. 
and sentenced in my place. But you raised him from the dead. And he's alive right now. King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus, you are my Savior. You are my Lord. I receive you. I yield to you. I receive all you've given me. All you've done for me. Thank you for saving me. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If you did that in sincerity of heart and faith, then you are also a winner now. (laughs) You are a winner too. Glory to God. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And you are a part of the eternal family of God who are all winners. All winner children of the winner God. Let's get back to this for a moment. He said, take heed, verse 12, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. He said, for we're made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. How did they get to the place where the Lord said, that's it. You're not going into the promised land. You're going to get what you've been saying. Every time something hard came up, they, anybody remember what they said? We're all going to die out here in the desert. We're all going to die. They had been saying it ever since the crossing of the Red Sea. They had said it over and over and over again. Basically, those ten major times that they had opportunity to to trust God. And finally, uh, the Lord said, okay, that's what you believe. That's what you say. Even though they didn't want it, they were afraid of it. That's what they were convinced of. That's what they believed. They believed it in their heart. They said it with desperation and angst out of their mouth. We're all going to die out here. Every time they ran low on water, every time they, it was, we're all going to die out here. Every time they ran low on food, we're all going to die out here. Every time any, any enemy armies were around, we're all going to die out here. And finally, what did the Lord tell them? Yeah, you're all going to die out here. But was it his choice? It was their choice. His choice, he'd been talking to them from before he delivered them out of Egyptian bondage. He said, I got a place for you. Picked out a place for you. Handpicked by God. <laughs> a, a beautiful place. It's called the land that flows with milk and honey. Canaan's land. That is a type of all the good things that God has given us in Christ Jesus. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. He's given us everything that pertains unto life and, and godliness. If, if the Lord didn't spare Jesus but gave him up, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? He gives us richly all things to enjoy. Does that sound like flows with milk and honey? Does that sound like Canaan's land? Good land. Good land. He kept calling it good. Good, 
good, good. Well, it would have to be. God is good. If he does something for you, it's going to be good. good. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes down from him, from the good God. He never changes. But over that period of time, they kept responding the wrong way. The wrong way. And every time they did the wrong thing, the wrong reaction, they got a little harder about it. Now, don't judge anybody, but as you hear and understand these things, you'll recognize this in other people. And you want to recognize it in yourself if that's been the case. Getting hard. Hard and harder and bitter and more bitter. This is that evil heart of unbelief. And there are millions of church-going people or people that used to go to church that are in this case. And over the years, this didn't work out the way they hoped it would. This didn't happen the way they prayed that it would. This, even some folks, you know, in their mind, they were believing for this and, and it didn't happen that way. Our people let them down. People that they thought cared about them. And things changed and they hurt them. Or, or people that they trusted and they deceived them and lied to them. And, and uh, you know, just because a person failed you doesn't mean God failed you. Oh, we need to have enough understanding to distinguish between those two. And so over a period of time, people become hardened. And they don't want to hear that faith stuff. And they don't want to hear that God stuff. They don't want to hear that Bible stuff. That is a dangerous place to be. Why? Because what happened next with them is, okay, you get what you say. Not what God has for you, but your fear that you've been spouting all this time will come on you. And they kept saying, we're going to die in the desert. Sadly, that's exactly what happened to them. They all died in the desert. Think about how they could have responded differently. They, in the same breath, in the same effort, instead of saying, we're all going to die out here, they could have, they, they could have said, we're going into the promised land. <laughs> you might say, well, it ain't that simple. Really? It's a choice. Right? Neither one has happened yet. Right? So is it set in stone? Obviously not. With, this, with the same breath, they could have said, God brought us this far. He can get us the rest of the way. Yes. Is that right? Huh? Instead of saying we're all going to die out here, we're all going to live in the promised land. It's going to be great. We're going, because that's how Caleb talked. That's how Joshua talked. And what happened with them? They didn't die in the wilderness. They got what they said. They got what they believed. It took 40 years to get there, but they got it. What are you going to get, child of God? What you say. I'm going to get what I say. So I'm going to say, I'm going in. I'm going to the promised land. Hallelujah. I'm enjoying all the blessings, all the benefits of my good God. And our time's up today. 
You see, there's a whole lot more to get into. Come back with us next time here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 